Welcome to this episode of The Corner Three. My name is Bailey. And I'm Andy. And once again, this is The Corner Three, where we, uh, just two regular NBA fans, talk all about the NBA, the league, what's going on, all the news. Uh, So, Andy, what news do we have going on this week? Uh, We are continuing our episodes about the NBA Finals. Uh, We just watched Game 5, and honestly, I didn't think that we'd be talking about the Bucks winning three games in a row. I thought we might have been raising a a banner in Phoenix, but we got some some stuff going on, storylines in the Finals. Yes, sir. Quite some crazy stuff, especially going, I mean... It was reasonable to expect or or think, especially after watching game three, that Milwaukee could come away taking both of theirs at home, right? We all know yeah. that Milwaukee's a, a tough place to play in, uh, and they always play better at home. So, I mean, who doesn't? But especially Milwaukee is strong at home. Um, but then to go in and into Phoenix and to go down early, mm-hmm. you know, they that, that game five uh, gave us everything. They went down early. They came back in the second quarter, went up by what I think it was 17 or close to um, mm-hmm. at one point. And then uh, then all the way from the, the Suns coming back in the fourth quarter with just a few minutes left uh, and the Bucks being able to really stand firm. And uh, even though I think they gave up the lead at one point, they they stuck it out, man. But that game... Gave you everything that you wanted, and and isn't it funny? This isn't the the finals that any of us necessarily expected at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, but what a finals that we're getting, right? Yeah, exactly. Incredible. Yeah, no. For this finals, well, as we talked about, we talked about last week. We talked about as basketball fans, you know, we may have a preference on who wins, mm-hmm. but we're hoping for a series where it's actually interesting to see. We see competitiveness. We see it coming down to the end. We yep. see exciting moments, uh, some exciting moments that have come up that we weren't expecting. We were, you know, we're looking at these teams that are really showing what they're made of at the last few minutes oh, when yeah. the game. It's not blowout. They're not trading. It's trading leads right towards the end, down to the wire. Uh, so, so that brings up a question I had. I was thinking about this: is talking about iconic finals moments. <laughs> game four Giannis block on the yeah. alley-oop to eight yes where does that go down and in, in blocks in NBA finals or most important blocks yeah that's a that's a crazy one because I want to say just because of the the reaction how fantastic it was to see I mean you thought right out the gate that he got beat. We all saw it coming. We knew that it was going to be an, uh, an Aiton and Booker uh, pick and roll. And then it seemed like he got free, that Aiton was home free. He was about to get the dunk. But we all forgot that Giannis is called the Greek freak for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is an athletic freak. He has one defensive player of the year. Um, and that he showed exactly why. Um so where does it go down? I want to say right off the bat, it goes down as the best ever. But that comes with um, a but. Because the obviously the second, the only other one in my mind that I can recall uh, 
is LeBron's Brock on Iguodala, right? Yeah. LeBron. But that, <laughs> that did cement and win LeBron and the Cleveland Cavs at that time, the finals. That was mm-hmm. the winning game winning block, you know, and, and brought a championship to Cleveland. So that's the yeah. only reason that I want to stay a little conservative for now and say, you know, they won it because of that block Cleveland did. Now it's yeah. very possible that that block on Aiton uh, is what completely shifted the momentum fully completed that momentum shift to Milwaukee and maybe they go on, you know, now they've gone on to win three, maybe they go on to win four straight in the finals. And then maybe we've really got something to talk about, but I think that's, that's the key, you know, is seeing where did this take them and and what kind of effect did this have on the entire series as a whole? Yeah, I agree. I think, I think to me, it was just, just, and if, it, and if it's even one A and one B on, yeah, on blocks in the finals, sure. just just right below. But just, I, I agree. If, if degree Milwaukee, of difficulty, Giannis, I give him that for sure. Yeah, that's not that's not easy. On Aiton, you know, one of the the best at putting away an alley oop in the yep. league. You could argue <laughs> the best in the league right now at putting right. away an alley oop. Man, just getting right there. And even Giannis said afterwards, I was looking uh, for some post game stuff. He said, I. I went up there fully expecting to get dunked on. Yep. Which I love his attitude. We, we can talk about his attitude a little more, you know, because there's some, some really great Giannis quotes. And you know, I've appreciated Giannis through this series a little more. But but we've seen, uh, the point I was going to say is that we've seen so many players that know they're about to get dunked on and they make what's called a business decision and step out of the way. <laughs> yeah. But I love right. that Giannis fully expected that he could have, that would have, been embarrassing to hit that dunk, right. but he went up there, and guess what? He got he got the block, and it could have won him a finals from here. We don't know, but very very but love and just putting your reputation on the line, going up there, getting up there, and and just making it happen, big time. Uh, speaking of great uh, plays in the finals and great plays by the man Giannis himself. What about that dunk in game five? He's given us two back-to-back Ooh. moments uh, in back-to-back games. Great, you know, all-time great plays right up there. What did you think of the dunk, the alley-oop? Man, especially where it was at in the game. To just have the focus it's towards the end of the game. The focus, obviously the Bucks knew where they were trying to get it to for Giannis just to get up there. What did Drew Holiday said? He said he saw it. Giannis was calling for the ball. That's what we wanted from Giannis. We wanted Giannis to, instead of deferring to one of the guards, to say, no, give me the ball. I want the ball. Yes, so he sir. said he called for it. Drew Drew said he threw it as hard as he could. And then Giannis <laughs> And as high as he could. It. Yeah. Yep. And he got up there. He got up there and finished. And I think we're seeing this other side of Giannis right now, which is, is very welcome. We haven't even seen... I think this finals has brought it out in him because we haven't even seen him in this playoff run as much as just specifically this finals run right now. Giannis mm-hmm. is, he, he's pretty locked in. He's, he's very locked in. That's scary when Most he's got definitely. the mental clicking with the physical. Big time. And, and just the, uh, the fire that he's got to the competitive spirit and, you know, he's just going to go out there and he's going to give you the best that he absolutely has every single night. And this is coming from, you know, that, that's not necessarily anything, nothing new. 
and that's what you expect out of a star player like that. Um, but to see him come out and do it and perform, we've seen in past years, you know, maybe, uh, not that he really didn't live up to the moment, but, uh, he, he'd get shut down by that wall defense or, uh, we'd see him not be able to utilize other facets of his game and, and open up, uh, for his teammates. So to see him come into here when we all thought, I think everybody or just about everybody thought that you knew how to stop Giannis in the playoffs, right? You have formal wall. And as long as you can stop Giannis, you can stop the Bucks. Well, Giannis came out, is coming out and saying, well, guess what? You're not stopping me. <laughs> so <laughs> what's your next plan? Yeah, it's tough. And I think, I think it comes down to, to like you said, is Giannis's attitude. I love the quote that we got here recently, probably one of the best quotes in the finals. Um, I have it here from Giannis. And I want to, I want to preface it with, with thinking of this as a Suns player. First of all, we've already said, we already established in our last podcast that Giannis is the most talented player in this series. Mm-hmm. He is the, the most physically gifted. He is the most talented, has the potential to be the best player of this series. Right. So when you couple that with this attitude that he has that comes in, you should be scared as a Suns fan. When you have someone that locked in and you see the person that just won three games in a row, and instead of coming out, we knew we were going to hit it. No, that's not what Giannis says. Uh, here's the quote. When you focus on the past, that's ego. When I focus on the future, that's pride. But when you focus on the present, that's humility. So for him to be trying to develop a quality such as humility after winning three games in a row and on a downhill run at potentially winning the finals, that should scare you as Phoenix because oh, he's yeah. locked in. This man is locked in. Yeah, it reminds you, uh, doesn't it, of maybe not the same caliber, but it reminds you of Kobe coming in after going, 100%. what, is it 2-0 up? And he's like, aren't you happy? Job's not finished. Like, he is so locked into there and now. It's not, oh, yes, we're ahead, or, oh, yes, we're on this roll. We're doing great. We're figuring things out. Things are clicking. It's like, nope, we got to go out there, and we got to perform the next game. And we got to put in the work, you know, in these next couple of days, get back to Milwaukee and be ready. Uh, There's no getting ahead uh, of themselves and looking forward to the next game. It is here and now. Yeah in the moment keep yourself rooted in the moment and, and see what's going to happen which is you know exciting going back to milwaukee you know i haven't won a, i haven't won a title since the 70s uh and and the chance to, to bring it home in milwaukee is is pretty crazy um although i will say i do not desire for them to win it in six uh, I want a game seven. I need a game seven out of this series. It would be great. It would be great to see. But, I mean, to see this team go and win four straight would also be cool. I'm not going to lie, though. That, It'd be cool to see them fair. win four straight, see that recovery, um, see them win it. I always like seeing a team win it at home as well. I don't know why. It, it's just always something a little more special to for them to be able to yeah. celebrate in front of their fans. The arena's going just as crazy as they are. You know, you feel that energy. Um, 
you know, really makes it feel like even though you're watching it through a screen, you feel like you're in that stadium because of just how loud and how uh, hyped up everything is. Obviously, the players would be celebrating just as much even if they were in Phoenix, but to yeah. see those fans be able to to celebrate along with them, it's uh, it's fun to watch. I think. So, so before we get into because in the second we'll talk about um, what each team needs to do to to win to have have the chance to win. We've kind of talked on some fun points here. Uh, maybe another fun point before we get into the the nitty gritty of what's going to happen in this series. Uh, if Giannis wins this, where does this where does this put Giannis and in, in his career and and already in the trajectory and what are we looking at? Yeah, that was something I I was like, do I want to consider it now or should we talk about it next week? But uh, yeah, he I mean he could win. Uh, I mean, the day that this is posted, that this, you know, tonight, if you're mm-hmm. if you're listening to this on Tuesday when it was posted, he could win uh, later Tuesday night and be walking away with his first championship. Um, so is the question, where does it put him, you know, just in his career as a player? Or are we talking about a Mount Rushmore? What, what's the question? What's the criteria mm-hmm. here? You know, I think, I, I think more in the, the career trajectory more because I think at 26, it's, it's unfair to say does winning a championship exactly. at 26 years old, make you one of the best of all time. Cause the answer exactly. is no, because it's a, a full career, but I think more in the script of, of how we view Giannis. I think this is a very, uh, a pivotal moment in Giannis's career, maybe coming before this game where you're thinking, Oh man, he's, he's overrated. He has no skills. He's got no bag for him to show off in this and win his first finals at 26 with a couple MVPs and a couple defensive players of the year. We're talking yeah. about a different career uh, one, tra- trajectory. One defensive player of the year, but yeah, so one. I'm trying to find the posts that I've seen. Cause it's been all over Instagram. You know, the, the, what his resume will look like after this, no doubt he'd get the finals MVP uh, if they won and walking away with a ring itself. At 26, his resume would be absolutely uh, ridiculous. And why is it so difficult to find it when I'm just searching Giannis Antetokounmpo? Why? Why can't? Why won't that pop up? You know. Um, yeah. But it's something ridiculous, like uh, four or five uh, All NBA selections, um, uh, All Defense selections. It's pretty ridiculous. Hopefully I can find it here when you're giving your take, but he's going to have an incredible resume just by the time he's 26. So is he, does this like uh, cement him at this point in his career as one of the best or one of the greatest? No, because he's got an entire second half of his career to go. Is this a fantastic start to what is going to for sure be a shoe in hall of fame, first ballot hall of fame career? Definitely. This is going to be something that, uh, you know, sets him off continuing on the the path to what surely to be one of uh, the many great NBA careers for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is such a pivotal point just because it's it's hard to get that first title in. We've seen throughout the years the people that, I mean, with Chris Paul even, just trying to get one title. So if you can get that title under your belt at the age of 26, and it looks good for your career, you're 
you know, you're already in that elite club of people who have been the best player on a championship team. Uh, and that'll never be taken away from you. You know, we, we see other young careers that maybe even got derailed later on. I, I think Derek Rose and who's made sort of resurgence, but we thought was just going to be put down as one of these amazing players and had had a good career, but never won a title. So I think that once you get Giannis with talking about the trajectory of his career, where it's going, you know, and what the potential of him, you know, the sky's on the limit, especially after maybe changing people's perception. Once you win a title, you get the little, little bit more respect. Uh, people put a little more respect on, on Giannis after this. Oh, big time. Much deserved because the story uh, has been, like like I said earlier, people have talked about, oh, Giannis is a, you know, he he doesn't show up in the playoffs or he doesn't know how he's got to open up other facets of his game in order to be able to defeat the defensive scheme against him. Everybody's going to be able to form the wall to keep him out. Well, guess what? He's probably looking like he's going to win a ring and he didn't have to do change much. Maybe does this change the narrative? You think this is just randomly popped in my mind. Does this change the narrative around Ben Simmons? Ben, ben Simmons is probably the most similar to Giannis, but has better passing. Uh, can Do we see maybe uh, a start of these players who are driving or dishing, basically, uh, with the occasional three here and there? Do we see an influx of these players that, you know, they realize, oh, maybe I don't have to open up my my shooting as much i think so i think you to some degree uh i think not as much even about Giannis, but as far as the bucks have built this team um if i'm a young team uh a team that's rebuilding then i definitely am am trying to get ben simmons on my team especially with his value being low i'm trying to whatever i can to get ben simmons on my team because i think that you know we look at it even like a player like Giannis, would he even thrive next to another big, you know, that's that's also ball dominant? So I think the Bucks have, have kind of unlocked it to some degree with that, having shooters around him and just letting letting Giannis do his thing. And and hey, if it wins a title, then it proves it's pretty successful. So that it does. I'd be trying to get my hands on Ben Simmons. And if I'm a team without a playmaker right now, I'm trying to get my hands on Ben Simmons. So. Not a bad option, most definitely. Would not. Uh, he'd definitely help out quite a number of teams looking for a point guard. Uh, well, I guess I'm officially giving up on trying to find this. But anyways, it speaks for itself. He's a two-time MVP, one defensive player of the year, and lots and lots of other things, and is going to continue to uh, be a great player in the league. But Kind of a buried storyline, too. Just uh, a side point. Around this time last year, we were talking about uh, Giannis leaving the Bucks. So a nice little nice little reassurance for Milwaukee fans. He signed the – he had faith in the Bucks to put pe- people around him. He signed the Supermax contract. And the first year of that contract, he wins the title, you know, possibly. So that's it's pretty good. Not too bad. Not a bad uh, – yeah, not a bad way to start that off whatsoever yeah. actually is it it does it hasn't kicked in this year no the, it's next it's year next that year his extension oh, kicks the in. extension yeah yeah 
well, that's not a bad way to usher in a new extension, you know, which all. is, you know, you know, if you get a title, I guess it's worth what, 45, 50 million a year. Are you paying Giannis? Mm, okay. Definitely. So let's get into, I kind of, I kind of want to talk about um, what each team needs to do. We talked about some fun points. We talked about Giannis. We talked about these iconic things and storylines, but, but we still have two, potentially two games left to play. So maybe we can start with Phoenix. What does Phoenix need to do to, first of all, win game six, to steal that at Milwaukee and bring it home? What, is, what does Phoenix need to do? We, we talked before, it was kind of their series to lose, and they might do that. So what does Phoenix need to do to turn it around? So what I think turned it around for the Bucks is similar to what the Suns are going to need to do. Uh, I think the Bucks really started to dial in defensively. Uh, one of the big things we saw, I think that's had a huge impact, is uh, Drew Holiday being the one to cover Chris Paul instead of P.J. Tucker. Um, mm. He's done a great job guarding him. So I think the the top two things to me is Phoenix has to dial in defensively uh, and out-defend, out-rebound, out-work, period, uh, the Bucks Because I would say that's what the Bucks have been doing. They're defensive. They're, we know they're a great defensive team, period. Uh, and they're going to just purely outwork you. I mean, that's what Drew Holiday and Giannis do. That's their specialty is just work harder than you, fight for the ball more, be in the right places at the right time, just like we've seen. Uh, and they have a great supporting cast around them to continue to do that. P.J. Tucker, he, he's in there. He's a fighter. Uh, Chris Middleton, he, too, even though we don't maybe see it as much as we do at times out of the other two. Uh, so they're just going to work really hard. And I think we got to see Phoenix dial in and try to uh, not only dial in and, and just try to stop Giannis, because now it's not even just Giannis. You have Chris Middleton, Andrew Holiday are very much great, uh, not great, but very good players and key players in this final series, which may seem like a uh, obvious thing to say, but, we've seen them disappear at times. That's the reason that we said they were losing games one and two was Middleton and holiday weren't in it. They were not uh, performing to what they needed to. Well, guess what? They started to get things to click and they figured it out. Uh, so you got to try to bump them off, off of their rhythm. Chris Paul has got to lock down on drew holiday, just as much as he is and, and try to be that almost kind of uh, Pat Beverly, you know, annoy him a little bit, get in his head We've seen Chris Paul be able to do it before. He certainly can. He's got that mental toughness. He's got that uh, workhorse inside of him that wants to. So if he can try to keep up uh, on the defensive end with Drew Holiday, get into his head a little bit. Same thing with Devin Booker. Um, and then another big uh, key to me is DeAndre Ayton. We've seen uh, throughout the their entire playoffs run, I think the the biggest overlooked uh, key to their success, that is the Suns, was DeAndre Ayton. Uh, he was a beast in these playoffs for them, and he was in game one and game two. And now we still saw him score what? He got 20 and 10 in the last game, which is great, but that's not the uh, 
even when it was 16, but 17, re- 16 points, but 17 rebounds or uh, 23 points and 18 rebounds. Uh, these are the things that, that we, the Suns are going to need from him. They've got, he's got to create more chances on the offensive end by getting those offensive rebounds, get those second chance buckets um, and try to be a big guy in the paint and bump yeah. up Giannis, you know? That's true because we know that the, the fact is that Phoenix can score. That's something yes. they can do very well. So if he's getting, you know, and, and like you said, it doesn't seem at the at first instance, okay, you know, 10 rebounds to 16 rebounds. And it's like, well, he got points. Well, you know, he doesn't necessarily need to get points, but if he can get, you know, five offensive boards a game, you know, what Phoenix can do with that, how many points they can turn that into, where that exactly. changes the tide of the game is so important. You know, it's, I think when correctly, those good rebounds, those important rebounds can be very detrimental to teams. Um, so, so we talked about Aiton, we talked about them being locked in. How much does this ride on Chris Paul? Well, the, uh, the other factor that everybody's talking about and we all know is Chris Paul's turnovers. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's something that we don't see him do a lot. We're not used to seeing, but credit to Drew Holiday and what he's been able to do on the defensive end against Chris Paul. And that's why you put your best defensive player on their best offensive player, you know, their their offensive leader. Maybe not best scorer, but certainly their floor general offensive the leader. The key to success. So uh, limit his turnovers. Get Start setting up your, you know, go-to plays. Not necessarily for them to be able to uh, read and know exactly what play that you're you're calling, but get in an offensive rhythm. It seems like they, whenever Phoenix is doing good, they then kind of start to freestyle it, and it just doesn't go well for them. They they just try to create points off of their turnovers or uh, make things happen here and there. But it's like you need to stick to your offensive identity, the thing that's gotten you here uh, this whole time, and. One, that's not going to happen when you turn over the ball, but two, you just got to run those plays, get in your rhythm and, and stick in it, you know? Yeah. So you're telling Phoenix not to play random. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Whereas Mike Budenholzer might say differently, playing random for the Phoenix Suns, I don't think works well. Yeah. This bodes well for him if they win a title. Mike Budenholzer has continued (laughs) his job because of this somehow. we need a shirt after if if they win, we need a shirt that just says play random. Yeah. 2021 coach of the year, play random. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I Booker's been doing his thing. I think the the key to me is just Chris Ball and and Booker not getting frustrated because I feel like that's the thing. That's the tough thing right now. So you're going into game six. You have dropped 40 points in each of the losses, pretty much. And maybe one, he didn't have quite 40, but two in a row where it's like two losses and he scored 81 points in the two losses. Okay. You know, that is frustrating because you are doing your thing. He's doing what he's supposed to do, but just do it for one more game. Let your team catch up to where you're at and do it for one more game. If he gets frustrated now and he doesn't do his thing, but everyone else does their thing, then they still lose. They need everyone to do their role. Can we talk about um, just briefly Chris Paul in game four, taking that last pivotal shot over Devin Booker when Chris Paul had, what was it, 10 points and Devin Booker was going off? 
Uh, what was the thought process there? What was going on? What broke down? Why'd that happen? And, you know, that's, that's always, it's always a tough thing. I, I mean, he's a player like Chris Paul. It's not like he was, you know, it's not like uh, Jay Crowder took the last shot. It is Chris Paul. I think, you know, that's the mentality you have to have. Well, Chris Paul should have made the pass, right? I still love the mentality that, that he thinks he was going to make it. You have to think, even if you miss the entire game, if you think you have the shot, then take the shot. Um, you know, we can, we can argue against it. Like this is, that wasn't the right decision to make, but then, you know, if he just happened to make the shot, how the narrative turns from, uh, he was trash and he missed all his shots too. He didn't, but he get was such own... a clutch player, you know, yeah, he didn't get in his own game. head and, and he missed, he had an off game, but he made Trusted the last himself. shot. So I think, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. As a coach, I, I, I'd say continue trusting yourself. Like if you think, if he thought he had the shot, then take the shot. It's Chris okay. Paul. I'm never going to, I'm never going to fight Chris Paul. I, should he have made the pass? Objectively? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Looking back, he should have made the pass, <laughs> but also yeah. play, play with confidence and have fun. I'm with that. Uh, to the point of Giannis being one of the stars that shows up and, and superstars and great players of the game that shows up in the finals when they should be, how much of this, of Chris Paul being off and uh, making all these turnovers and things like this, how much of it is Drew Holiday's defensive efforts and how much of it is, is Chris Paul not showing up? Is he uh, shrinking in the spotlight? Is he... Uh, getting in his own head what's going what do you think on that mm. I do think though the the thought that I've had on this and I'll touch on the Drew Holiday factor in a second but I thought that I had is that he's at least now had the opportunity to win himself the title if he doesn't win at this point he said two pretty awful games in the finals um, that if he had played good they probably would have won um, so we've talked about oh man Chris Ball's never had the opportunity to be in the finals you never if he loses here, he he did lose them. He didn't. It's not like he was some angel and savior who was playing out of his mind, and and no one else was playing good. Like Chris Paul, shoulders the blame for this. Um, as far as what's the um, you know what's what's the thought on? Is it Drew Holiday disrupting it? Maybe, but at the end of the day, when you look back, when we look back at Chris Paul's career. We're not going to say, oh, Chris Paul didn't win a title. Oh, well, he did play Drew Holiday in the finals <laughs> uh, back in 2021 because that doesn't matter. It really shouldn't matter. Chris Paul is, is a player that we are, have already accepted as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Drew Holiday is a pretty good wing defender in the NBA right now. <laughs> oh, ouch. <laughs> Almost elite. No, it is. But, but if you're not, you know, if you are claiming. Like, that's fine. Yeah. You know, he's, he's one of the best, but he's not, you know, if you're talking about, okay, there was, there was conversation talking about, would you put Chris Paul on your all time, all time is the best point guard of all time? Maybe, you know, maybe not, but maybe I'm not talking, you know, if you had an all time, uh, top five, this defensive team, you know, who you you're not choosing Drew Holiday. <laughs> you're not choosing Drew Holiday. So you can't say, I mean, you have these teams that have won against Kawhi locking them down or LeBron going through these different teams, 
And it's not about who's defending them because you should be better than that. Um, so I think if Chris Paul doesn't win this series and he continues to play garbage, like he has the past couple games, then it's not true holidays fault, you know, on, as a Bucks fan, like, oh, I'm glad we have him. Like, and he is elite, but Chris Paul, you just didn't get it done. Oof. That's tough. Cause I agree with you. You expect your stars to show up and perform like a superstar does. And, you know, if we're going to give Giannis the credit for being a, one of the greats in the finals at, in this series and performing when, uh, many people thought maybe he wouldn't, or that he only has one dimension to his game that can easily be stopped. He showed up. He's still, you know, they followed that same blueprint of how to beat Giannis's game, and Giannis broke through it and is doing great still. Uh, so that's what you expect of superstars and how you expect them to show up. So you would like to see, uh, even though he's 36, you'd like to see Chris Paul with the great basketball mind that he has uh, be able to, even though for playing against great defense, be able to work around it and make things happen still and uh, get his buckets, which again, to be fair, he, he did get his buckets in game five, um, but couldn't quite, uh, get he also it. got his turnovers. He also got his turnovers. That's what I'm trying to look up. How many turnovers did he have? It was full box score. One second. Yeah. His turnover five. Uh, no. Oh, what am I talking about? He did only have one turnover in game wow. five. So to me, that's where I go back to. Uh, that's where I go back to DeAndre and then. Chris Paul only had one turnover after the three previous games putting together 15 turnovers before that. Um, okay. So he's he's starting to figure things out, but uh, you expect to see a little bit more out of him. And going back to my point, DeAndre needs to show up as well. Yeah, it's tough. You know, Chris Paul, you know, granted he has had Maybe two bad games, you know, in this in the finals in these finals. Two bad, two two to three, two to three. You can say three. three, and it's you know you can say oh you're being harsh, but you know if Giannis has two to three bad games, then the series is over already. So that's that's at the end of the day, you know, having you're expected uh, having 15 turnovers in three games for a player that usually averages about 15 turnovers in 10 to 15 games <laughs> is. Yeah. Not not that great. Yeah. No bueno. Okay, so final thoughts. Milwaukee, what does Milwaukee have to do? Keep playing the way they're playing. I guess. Play random. I, you know what? <laughs> what I'll say is I guess they need to go out there and play fast, play random, have fun, play together, and go play some basketball. <laughs> I wish... I wish that a job would be so easy as just having Giannis, you know, be- <laughs> <laughs> and get paid probably eight to ten million. Yeah, uh, is what Budenholzer's getting. Man. So yeah, what about you? They just gotta. They got all click. They, you know, when you win three games in a row, you don't make any adjustments. You just keep going out there. <laughs> this is a. It's an. It's an ideal scenario to be in. You um. 
you know, it's, it is hard to win a game six. They've won a couple game sixes. You know, they won, they won against, was it uh, Brooklyn? Was it Brooklyn in seven? There was, I know they won against Atlanta in six. Um, no, yeah. Okay. So it was, uh, yeah, they won in seven against Brooklyn, but it's hard to win a game six, but it is, it's a nice position to be in because if you win, then awesome. You won the title. If you lose, you have another game to do it. The pressure is on Phoenix right now because if they lose, they go home. The Bucks, if they lose, then they really have to win the next game. Yes. You know, you don't want to do that. You want to win the first, you want to win game six. You preferably want to just, you know, win the first four, obviously, but you want to win game six. Uh, but if you don't, you got another chance at it and you can review. And so it's like, it's almost a free game. I view it as with the, you got the game six and seven because you only need to win one of the two. <clears throat> I get that. But at the same time, how much more can you get into your head? And, and the pressure is on so much more right now. Yes, you're in a good spot. Uh, you don't have to feel all the pressure. You're not in an elimination game uh, in game six if you're Milwaukee. So go out there, play your game. Play to give it your all, play to the best of your ability. Uh, but I think it's important for them to try to win it at home. One, because we know statistically speaking, they're a better team at home. Uh, but I, you know, to the key is to not have that pressure on you in game seven. Because yeah. that that's when those doubts start to creep in. That's when you start second guessing yourself. Uh, the when the pressure is on, you know. Do I make the dunk or do I pass it out to the three? And that dis- that one little decision became becomes so much more uh, nitpicked and trying to figure it out. You know, absolutely. However, that is that is true. The game six is a luxury. I feel like it is a luxury. It's just it's a nice it's a nice place to be when one team is in an elimination game and, and you're not. The Bucks couldn't be going into a better scenario. You're going home. You've won three in a row. You have them on there, you know, they have been a little frustrated and they're an elimination game and you're not. So yeah. you're in a good spot. But it's important not to let yourself miss the importance of this game. While it's not an elimination game for you, I think you got to treat it as one just so that you stay focused and not uh, look past the game. Yeah. Man, what a good series though. And yep. And the nice, or not the nice thing, the, the not nice thing is this is our uh, this is our last pod of the second. This actual, well, of pod. the active season, yes, the active season, yeah. This is the last. We're we'll do a wrap up, you know. But we, uh, as far as what's going to happen by the time we have our next podcast, will history will have been written and done. Yeah, history will be written for twenty twenty one. One of these season, teams. So will have lifted the NBA Larry O'Brien trophy. Which team will it be? We're not sure. Hopefully it's whatever team that you, the listener, are rooting for. I'm still going with the Bucks. Andy, who, who's your call still at this what? point? It's too much of this podcast. For the first year of the podcast, we've agreed on everything. So for the, uh, for the purpose of disagreeing, and the purpose of sticking to my guns because I am stubborn. <laughs> I'm going to say Suns win it. I think the Suns win it in seven. All right. Y'all heard it here 
first, folks. So can we call that another Andy guarantee? Or are you putting Andy guarantee? Them? It's an Andy guarantee. We're gonna guarantee. call it the final Andy guarantee of the season. Guarantee. <laughs> okay. So y'all heard it heard it here first. So with that being said, we hope you all enjoy the game later tonight on the night that you're hearing this podcast of or that it goes up, I should say, Tuesday yeah. nights. Uh stay tuned for our what I think is probably gonna be our last episode of this season next Tuesday. Uh, when we react to whichever team lifted that trophy in the finals MVP and all that sort of stuff and the one or two hopefully great games that we will get to see. With that being said, thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, give us a follow, a like, subscription, whatever it is on your platform, uh, podcast platform of choice. and. Uh, if you can, if you really liked it, give us a, a review or a thumbs up. Anything like that helps us out. We greatly appreciate it. So until next week, we'll catch you next time. This has been The Corner 3.